Pair programming allows developers to partner on solving problems and learn from each other more effectively. Pair programming has become harder to do as remote work has become more prevalent. GitDuck is a tool to enable more effective pair programming. Dregos Fotescu and Tiago Montero are the founders of GitDuck, and they join the show to explain what they've built and their motivation behind GitDuck. Guys, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. You're the creators of GitDuck, which is a pair programming tool. Why has the tooling around pair programming historically been lackluster? I don't know. I think it's... I tend to think more the other way around, though, like why is people getting more, putting more attention on this right now? And uh, obviously, with all the COVID situation, this is one answer. But also think about um, all the trends on remote work that was happening in the past years that led a lot of people to start demanding better tools for, for remote collaboration. So I, I don't think that's like lack of, of good product in the past, but it's more like a, now it's really the time to have a good product for that. What kinds of tooling do you need to build a pair programming tool? Yeah, so in our case, we are more than a pair programming tool. So pair programming is kind of like one piece of that. So one part very important for us is the video and audio chat so that you can talk with each other. You can see if you need, you can share a screen if, you, if that's important. And then you have all the real-time connections to be able to share your code very, very instantly and you are able to like literally teach each other's files that you you have the, the, the file in your computer. So there is this this real-time path that uh, we put a lot of attention to to have low latency and having people um, collaborating very instantly. So you can collaborate over a uh, IDE in GitDuck and it kind of looks like a Google Docs-style experience. How would you compare a Google Docs-like application, a shared writing application, to GitDuck? Yeah, actually, that's a great analogy. We use that a lot to explain what we are doing. And the way that we think about that is, yeah, it's like Google Docs, but with very deep integrations to the tools and the workflow from, from the developers, right? So you start with that very basic insight of being able to edit each other, see, oh, let's see what Jeff is, is writing right now and see uh, and follow uh, another person. But then we are adding more and more things that are related with the, how people are working to be able to just observe uh, uh, somebody coding, to be able to be following all the time or, or somebody following you. So yeah, that's where we get different from, from just like a basic real-time typing what have been the hardest engineering problems in building GitDuck? One of those are like developing integrations for each IDE or for each tool. It's like a different world. It's like developing an app for iOS and Android and then operating systems more. So, so we, and each, like, each, it's like each IDE has its own frameworks, each, its own like languages. So we build this core, what, what we call like core, which like abstracts and, and packages all this uh, logic. So we can we can just build a specifics different part from each IDE and 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 those IDEs just connect via an API to this core. So we don't need like to rewrite uh, continuously the this kind of logic for each IDE for integration. Tell me about an integration between an IDE, a particular IDE. Let's take VS Code for example, and the other tools you built in GitDuck. Like, what are the points of integration? 
Yeah, so we, we need to integrate like code editor, like what, what you are seeing, what you are typing and like the connections, uh, like we need to authenticate like each user to a GitHub account to, to each IDE. Then we need like to, a lot of people is asking for sharing the output of the, of the build output or of the tests. So this kind of, of, of integrations, not sure if I answer your question. Here's, here's another approach. So let's say I open up my IDE and I open up Git, GitDuck. What happens? Sure. So first you need to open, a, you need to enter in a GitDuck meeting on the web. And the moment you do that, your IDE like wakes up and detects that, okay, you're in a meeting on the web. You can start sharing your code for the other participants on, the, on that meeting, right? So the moment you click start sharing my code or other participant of the meeting clicks start sharing my code, the other ones, the other participants can view that code uh, and enter in this collaborative mode. And basically the host, the one that's sharing the code, it's sharing this, this, uh, his whole uh, project, his environment. And the other participants can access his local files and can edit and view accordingly. Yeah, and one cool thing is that what actually is happening in the background is that you, like, each person is typing on their own ID and they can be using different IDs, by the way. But then we are applying the changes in background to the host machine, right? So it feels like everybody's typing in real time, but actually uh, everybody separately being applied in background, the changes to one file, the one that is, is uh, hosting the, the pair program session. So when I type into my IDE, it's writing to a shared machine in the cloud? No. It's, yeah. it's all P2P. Exactly. It's all peer-to-peer. Yeah. You're actually writing on the host machine. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I write on the host machine, and then how regularly is it is it sending over the wire to the other machine? Yeah, it's it's pretty instant. I mean, if, if, if you, like, paste a bunch of tests or of text, that's going to be, like, batched. But it, but it's it's like every it, it's it's very low latency and real time. Yeah, I mean like the the stress test that we do is basically we <laughs> all go into a pair programming session and typing as fast as we can, and just seeing who wins that race, right? So so those are the, the tests that we are doing to allow people to to like feel, having this feeling of yeah we are typing in real time although everything is being applied in background with to to the host's machine. Gotcha. So. The aspect of the video, do you outsource the, the video to something like Twilio or what kinds of off-the-shelf APIs have you used? Yeah, so it, one basic insight that we have is that we put all our brains on the stuff that matters for us. And in, in our case, it's all about uh, the deep integrations to the tools, the, the tools. So yeah, we are indeed outsourcing the video part. We are using daily.co. So we kind of like Trust that all the audio, all the video, all the screen sharing is uh, out of the box. It works great, great quality, and then gives us actually, as we are putting a lot of effort on the audio, uh, on the code sharing. Sorry, gives us opportunity to optimize the video and the audio a lot because we know the use case. So, for example, one of the main things of GitHub is that um, like the video is the least important thing. When you jump on a call on Google Meet or Zoom, your video is always like full screen. You are seeing each other's face, and that's uh, that's what's important. There in GitHub, that's the that's not important at all. It's what's important is the code, the content, what we are working on, and that's where we put a lot of 
like all the UX and all the details that, uh, that we think from scratch on how a video chat tool should be working for, for a developer. So Daily Code, that's a that's like a video streaming system, right? Yep. Yes. It's a, a white label. Video as a service. As a, exactly. Cool. So I believe that you guys built GitDuck while you were learning JavaScript. Is that correct? No, not no, really. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we knew a bit before. We have been using the, the same technology for, for a while, a while uh, in a couple of old projects as well. So we, we have been getting better with that. Yeah, actually, we built GitDuck because we started working remote, like before remote was like mainstream. And we'd like notice how hard it was. At the time, we were working on it also on video related technology. And we started using this video related technology, which, which was a screen sharing app, uh, screen recording app to share like uh, to share knowledge or to ask for feedback or, or advice. And from there, we, we, we start pivoting into what is GitDeck. Tell me more about that pivot. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, uh, we started building that. Well, the, the full story is that we were building a fintech, and we ran out of money, so the company failed. And, but we still have energy, right? So we, we decided to keep working together on something new. And what we decided to, to start working on was a, a user feedback tool. Basically, it was a, this is a, a Chrome extension that was recording the user screen, giving them tasks to perform so the startups could understand what they think when they sign up, things like that. And as Drago said, like we start working remotely on that that uh, moment. And it was, it was quite hard. We used to work on the office and, and we stopped learning for ourselves, like our, our communication got worse, like we, we, we struggled a little bit. And on our own process to learn how to work on that different setup in that different context, we start using our own tool to to, to work, to ask technical questions between ourselves, to just answer very simple things. Uh, um, and we discovered the, 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 the GitHub use case. We, we knew a lot about the rubber duck debugging. We, we liked a lot this methodology. And we discovered that, okay, that's, that could be something very interesting. Uh, we started talking with, obviously, with more people, people from different kind of company sizes, because at first we thought that it was like only a remote uh, issue that only remote first companies were facing. And we discovered that you know, a lot of people were facing those, those problems. People, people that have like distributed teams were facing those issues as well. And we decided to go, uh, well, we, 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 thought, we, we honestly thought that uh, GitHub was a much more interesting problem, a much bigger thing to, to work on. And we decided to, to stop developing the, the other SaaS tool and, and uh, start to, to tweak our technology that we, that we built previously to work for developers. The live stream capability of programming, is that something that, that you could see GitDuck being used for? Yeah, and actually it's funny that you mentioned <laughs> that because that was the, the previous iteration of the product. We had the live streaming and actually it's still live, but it's just hidden. hidden. We, we see that a lot of people are doing live streaming, especially these days on Twitch and YouTube. So we have that functionality what we decide well, the reason that we decide to change the focus from live streaming to private meetings is was just because we learned that we ourselves were using the tool in a different way and also we discovered that other users were using it in a, in a different way as well basically we learned that uh, people for example are doing meetings with google hangout 
and is streaming with OBS their 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 screen to our RTMP servers, or so they could see the live meeting GitHub, but while using other tools to do that. So we started to learn those those things, and we found it actually that was very interesting. And we decided to build a new product from scratch, focus on the real time collaboration. And we literally built everything from scratch. We we have like kind of two products. Products one is we are not put in front of people anymore, but it's 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 working. I use it for usually for recording videos for explanation video for for the users. And the other one is the real time collaboration with Pair Program. Gotcha. And when you say you built everything from scratch, uh, is there anything that you built from scratch that you could have taken off the shelf? Oh, definitely. I think the video that we mentioned, like to explain before, it, it's a good example of that. So when we built the live streaming for developers, the, the previous iteration of, of GitHub, we built the video streaming technology ourselves. Uh, and it was great. It was fun. We learned a lot. But uh, the problem that we were facing is that we were spending a lot of time thinking on the basic things to make it work, the video, and not putting too much time on the things that make us unique. So when we decide to start building the, uh, the new real-time collaboration product, one of the first things that we thought, yeah, the video must be working and we, uh, we just, just don't need to worry about this. And let's just focus on, the, on the, the code piece, right? Like how people can share the code and collaborate with their programming in a very efficient way. Can two people work on GitDuck parallel to each other? Or do all the, all the participants have to be kind of serialized yeah yeah or you can like even more people three people four people can be working in in parallel one is always the host so he's the one that is sharing the files to everybody to participate and collaborate but then people can be uh, editing things in parallel working on different files different parts of the same file whatever they people think it's more productive for them and then what's happened is that all the changes are applied to one person, the host. Right? So he's, he's the one that's going to do the commit later that contains all the changes made by all participants on that, uh, on that uh, session. Are there any issues around that synchronization that are difficult? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of issues. Yeah, it's actually like, we don't really have like microservice architecture, but in this environment like each period is like a different service and each period like has its own data and and you need like to to maintain the consistency across everybody so yeah we definitely had like issues like synchronization issues like one person was seeing something the other person was seeing another thing so yeah definitely definitely it's it's tricky yeah because uh, i mean besides the just synchronizing the files in real time the other issue or challenge not the issue but the real challenge that we have is that each person is using a different tool, right? So you could be using TabJ, drivers is using WebStore, and I'm using Vim, and uh, we should be able to to collaborate very easily. Uh, and and that's a big challenge because all programs that they have like, different architectures, so it, we need to handle those things as well. So it's a, it's a big part of the, the value that we are building. Well. So if I understand correctly, if I'm the host, let's say I'm using IntelliJ, and uh, I'm loading my Java files, uh, GitDuck is going to be able to track the file system, like changes to the file system, and then, and then I can be, somebody else can be using VS Code in another computer, and it's going to be 
essentially port it over or it's going to it's going to send it over the wire and then send all their edits over the wire and then be applied to the file system of the person using IntelliJ. Exactly. The only thing to, to mention is, is that we are not watching the file system itself. Like we, we've considered this approach, but it's tricky because it, you can only see the changes when you saved. So it didn't work for us. So, so what we are tracking is the IDE. So we hook up into the IDE APIs and we detect when you made some change inside of the IDE and we send those changes to the other participants. And the ways that the IDE is watched by a host, are those different from IDE to IDE? Like, does VS Code have a different system of representing code that has not been saved to the file system than JetBrains? Yeah, definitely. I mean, every IDE is a world, and actually there's IDEs that makes the job easier, and there are IDEs that makes it harder just because they have, like, more limiting API or they have like worse documentation or something. But yeah, that definitely it's, it's totally different. The representation of the files or how you change the the the, the files and, and so on. What are the places that you'd like to expand into from the pair programming tooling? Yeah, I mean, we, that's a part that we get super excited as well because pair programming is, is just like the first use case that we are covering. So the way that we think about that is basically every dev tool, everything that you that you need to, to work, we are going to find a way to integrate and make it uh, useful. So for example, the, the next thing that we are going to build is a terminal sharing. So you can easily share a terminal and, and work with others on, on that. The other one is to be able to share your server, your local server. So for example, I have here the local version of GitHub that we are just tweaking some things and we are going to deploy a couple of hours. And with GitHub, we are going to be able to allow people to just browse that. Like even if you don't have the, the local server in your machine, you're going to be able to browse that, check the changes. So if if we are working parallel on that, you can see the, the changes being applied to the local server. So that's uh, the, the two next things that we are super excited about. And, uh, and then there is a lot of small improvements that are super important to the way that people are collaborating or sharing their code in real time. I think that the one is, is the people are uh, requesting the most is the, to be able to share the whole project, right? So, so people can just share everything and then the, the colleagues can be uh, picking and working on, on, on uh, the files that they need, right? So that's something that we are looking a lot of as well to, to be improving on the, on the pair programming part besides the adding more integrations um, to, to GitHub. Can you explain more? What do you mean by sharing a server? Yeah, so it's basically like tunneling the, the local ports you have or your local services. So let's say I'm developing a, a web ser a service in Node.js, another in Java, and I have my database. So I can expose those services that are internal on my local host, on my local machine, and I can expose those servers to services to the other meeting participants. So they can access those services without needing to run them. And so, so why is that useful? Yeah, well, so... When you're pair programming, you want to see, for example, the output of, of, of how your website looks or, or, or which new entries you have on your database or, or how your REST API or, or maybe throw an integration test uh, via, uh, to your REST, local REST API, something. I see. Okay, that makes sense. And so the, so the big vision is basically 
system of having tight collaboration in programming for all different vectors of programming. Exactly. Adding uh, more and more integrations that make just like remote collaboration to be as easy as if you were in the same room side by side. So let's talk a little bit more about the engineering. Let's say I have my IDE up and running and I start GitDuck. What happens? What does GitDuck start to do to monitor that that uh, running IDE? Yeah, so like first of all, GitDuck is, is like your, your, your GitDuck extension is going to listen to check if there's any active meeting on the web. So, so first you need to be in a, an actual meeting for the, the extension to wake up. Once you have that and you start sharing code, basically each ID has APIs to listen to events like once a document changed, right? So, so we just listen to those listeners, to those events. And when those events happen, we just process those events. We, we send them to, to our, this core thing that we built via gRPC. And this core thing is actually basically the thing that, that checks, okay, that, that ensures the eventual consistency, that, that, that sends the, the changes to the other participants, and so on. Okay. The pair programming tooling space, are there any competitors? Yeah, I think the main reference, the main competitor right now is Telpo. Uh, uh, they are doing a great job. Screen. They are also uh, doing a great job. Both, like I have the, the from being a, a, a successor for on Screen Hero. Yeah, those I think that are the main direct competitors that we have on that on that space. And that's I mean that's exciting. I think like uh, a couple of years ago there was nobody doing that, and now there are, there are some people. So I think that's that's great for people. Yeah. One thing you focus on is low CPU and bandwidth consumption. Was there anything that was hard to do to get the the consumption down? Yeah, like this, this for example, other alternatives that Tiago mentioned, they're all based on video. And video, like just screen sharing, like consumes a lot of CPU. And there's like the impacts already the bandwidth and the, and the latency and the CPU. Topple does a great job on that, but like still... It's not like real time. It's like if, if someone is editing in your in your keyboard. So yeah, I think the fact that you don't need to screen share to, to share your code, that's the thing that impacts the most the latency and the bandwidth and the CPU consumption. And so how did you how did you measure that and get it down? Well, it's very noticeable, like uh, we, we, because we, we used to, to share code via screen share. So like you really notice like your like even on Zoom or, or Google Meet if you if you enable your screen share your CPU like goes your you can hear your fans looks like your laptop is going to to fly so just by that you you can already see any an improvement. The design of GitDuck seems to be an important facet because you need to make this a tool that's that's really easy to use and really enjoyable to use. How has design played a role in the engineering of GitDuck? I mean, I think it's a main role that we have uh, from the way that we think about product, the, the way that we design the, the the things that we do, and the way that we tackle the, the problems that we are trying to solve, not only on the visual design, but only also on the UX and how things are perceived and, and how we decide what is being built. I think one very simple insight that we have is 
that we think a lot is what we can remove, what we can really uninstall or, or remove from the from the user's eye. So the the interface and the, the user flows on how the product works is really really simple. We put a lot of effort and maybe more time on, on thinking what we can remove from GitHub than what we can put there. And just having these these limits on these constraints on on not having like a blank canvas that you can you need to fill, but just having to understand what is really important and what what we need to prioritize and how we we organize information in a, in a consistent way. I think that's that's something that is uh, we put a lot of our thoughts on in. But that said, I mean that one thing that we really like to do is just change everything. Just like uh, everything is being changed all the time, so. The version that you that you see now in GitHub is it's being already changed, uh, uh, and we are always doing that. We are always trying to improve. We are always experimenting on, on the best way to do things, and trying to find the voice of the product. Right, like the, the I think that's a very important thing when you are thinking early stage, early times, when you still trying to figure out who you are and how you do things. Uh, when you start to understand how. Your product behaves on what's the the, the voice that you have. Like uh, that becomes easier to to make decisions. Or, or this doesn't make any sense. Or on our product, or yes, this this is absolutely something that uh, that we should that we need to add, even if it's not very well designed. So there is a difference between polished, crafted things that that the UX and the UI are perfect, but there are other things that are might be a little bit like with raw edges but makes complete sense from the from the product point of view and the and and how the what the product means and we don't fear to just add them into see and and iterate on, on product basically that's something that we we do a lot we we try just to to build things on uh, and put as fast as we can things on people's hand and try to to iterate with them and and just don't be afraid to change things Tell me more about the architecture of GitDuck. Yeah, so we try to keep it really simple. So we have like our main language is JavaScript or TypeScript. So we try to keep this language if possible. We have our servers in, in Node.js. Our frontend is Next.js plus React. Then we have uh, this, each extension is a different language. For example, the VS Code extension is TypeScript. The JetBrains extension is uh, Java and Kotlin, then the Sublime is Python, and so on. And then we have this core that we created, which is in TypeScript. And we actually compile that to binaries, and we distribute that with the extensions that doesn't support TypeScript or JavaScript. And yeah, and, and this, this, these binaries communicate to the, to the main extensions processes via gRPC. I think I mentioned everything like high level. Let me know if you want anything uh, more detail on something. Give me a little more color on the gRPC usage. Yeah. So basically, like this core is made in TypeScript, so it's very easy to. It's it's the common logic. Like what happens when you receive a new change, right? What happens when when you enter in a meeting? So like the extension wakes up. So basically, it's this co this common logic that's like doesn't. It's totally decoupled of each IDE, so it's, just, it's totally IDE agnostic. And it's very easy to use it. It's like an API, it's very easy to use it in TypeScript because it's type, TypeScript with TypeScript. But when you have like Java, that you cannot integrate this TypeScript into Java. Uh, basically we have this server in, uh, that communicates via gRPC. 
and basically that's how how it 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 communicates with this core API, right? What are the security challenges that you've come across in designing GitDuck? Yeah, so I mean, we, we take security like super serious. Actually, I have a, a background in security, and yeah, we 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 try to keep it like that's like super important because you at the end you're sharing your code. So things we've taken like we, we everything is run via P two P, like the code everything is P two P. Even a video like we you we use the P two P mode of of daily. Yeah, we like everything. Like it's it's we have two FA and everything. We we have on premise options for for customers that are more uh, that that need it. Yeah, and we and we have a, like bug bounty that we recently opened. So if any of the listeners is uh, willing to to attempt to hack it, uh, as long as as doesn't harm anybody without permission, is is welcome to do so. What are the places that you're focused on in GitDuck right now? What do you got? What are you guys building? Yeah, so right now we we are building the the extension for Atom. That's the new the new extension that we should be releasing very soon. We are doing a lot of improvements on the way that extension that all extension works. We have just released the the integration for JetBrains, so now we support Visual Studio Code, JetBrains. The moment that people listen to this, uh, we are going to already be supporting Atom and maybe more. And the other thing that we are starting to to work on is the, uh, to be able to share the, the whole project, the whole folder. Um, that's something that uh, people are asking a lot, and uh, and we are super excited to implement this very soon. Um, maybe by the end of this week or early next week, we are going to have it. So, yeah, it's exciting things that we are we are working right now. And um, one cool thing is that our roadmap actually is transparent, so people can follow and see what we what we plan to to do and what we are working on. So people can just basically vote on these things and add things that they think that they, that's more relevant. So we are taking a lot of consideration what people are asking for us and, and listening a lot to the users to understand what's what's more important to them. GitDuck is entirely browser based, right? Yep. Yeah, and the, and the extensions. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about building an Electron app? Yeah, we definitely thought, and we think it, eventually, probably we are going to switch the, uh, to it. But I mean, right now, it like was much easier to build a web app and just iterate on that. Yeah, I think one thing that it's all about speed, right? So in these early days, we optimize a lot by uh, by on, on how we can ship things. To as fast as we can, and just by having uh, the web-based product, it allow us to, to iterate faster. But as soon as we have we have some time, we are going definitely going to do that because this just gives us opportunity to to do other cool things, have access to other things that uh, that we can improve the product. So yeah, we are going to do that eventually. How do you guys test GitDuck? By using it. <laughs> yeah, like by trying to break it. Yeah, right now we don't have like a lot of automated testing in place, mainly because of our stage and our our, our iteration. Definitely, we're going to to work on that once we we're more stable. But yeah, right now the main testing strategies is use it ourselves a lot, uh, talk to the users, and listen when they complain. Yeah, that's mostly it. I mean, like we we are the main users of the product, right? So the benefit of using the product every day and using it as the basic 
piece of your collaboration communications that uh, every time that you get frustrated with it and every time that something fails, we have the power to to fix it, right? So that's uh, a privilege, in my opinion. So we take it very seriously as a user and 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 as the builders of the product to to do something that we are proud of and that when we are using, we are delighted about it and we are happy to, to be using it. So and yeah, that's the combination of just listening to people. That's, that's how we test it. Did you say that there is a number of users that it starts to cap out at or it starts to have too many users and there starts to be problems? Yeah, it's, it's actually can support up to 20 people. Well, we, we didn't test it with more people, but it definitely should work well with that people. I mean, usually it shouldn't be like the use case. Well, we, we've heard the request of like live streamers but right now we are not focusing on them that much. So yeah, it looks like a good amount of people support. It also depends on the use case, because if you are working, like if you're collaborating with your team, well, there is a normal size of a team that people are usually having and that they are working together. But if you start to, and that's, that's what we are mainly covering right now. But if you start to think about people learning to code online boot camps, university, things like that, then the, the, the context changes a little bit and you start to have more people live. And yeah, they are using the product, although it's not really perfect for them yet, as we are focused more on the, on the like small teams collaborating remotely. What's your deployment model for GitDuck? Yeah, so we, we have basically GitHub, we use GitHub for code repository, and we have like GitHub Actions that uh, that listen to well it's actually a manual uh, step we, we trigger the, the github action manually and that triggers the each extension it, it builds each extension uh, for each uh, platform it it also builds the github core binaries for each uh, operating system and uh, and it also deploys the the servers to google cloud platform yeah, I mean, we have just automated this last week, right? Yeah, actually it used to be manual. <laughs> we just automated that because it started to be painful and, and every time it was like longer and longer. And and, and it, the chances of, of doing a mistake uh, were higher. So we recently automated that, yeah. So the deployment unit, is it a VM? Is it a container? Yeah, we actually run containers in, in GKE. GKE. Okay. So you're mostly on Google Cloud? Yeah. Any reasoning behind Google Cloud over AWS? We had more experience with, with uh, Google Cloud, and we, we felt like the, the UI and the, the whole experience better. That's the main reason. I guess you guys don't have much intensive database requirements, so I probably don't need to ask about databases. Yeah, not not really. At least not for now. Like we've been exploring the use case of recording a meeting. So basically, like you can replay the, what you have typed, right? So that that would need to be stored in a database. But right now, we don't, we don't have. Yeah, definitely, we don't need much database. Uh, basically, just for the user profiles. And what's your pricing model? Are you charging people yet? Yeah. So people can use GitHub for free. And there are some some limits if you have like a, up to three people, and there are some limits on, on how long the session can 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 be. 
And but yeah, for for teams, for startups, for companies, we have like a paid uh, model that basically it's uh, twenty dollars per per user per month, where we give more features, better control of the of the team, better management of of everything. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we that's how we are monetizing. What was the fintech product you guys were working on before GitDuck? It was a digital pig bank to help people save money automatically. So we are basically doing bank reading. So every time that people are buying something with their debit card, we were reading their bank transactions, calculating the spare change, and and transferring that money with an extra charge for their debit card, um, so they can save that uh, that digital spare change or other rules. So basically, you could add more rules, uh, like say, like I want to save ten percent of my of everything that I'm buying, things like that. And that was focused on the on the banking uh, regulation in, in Europe, uh, where we were building that. And yeah, it was, it was called Boost. Was there anything about it that was particularly difficult, or you just decided that GitDuck was a better option? I mean, like, technically, there were all the challenges there and other things that were easier. I think, technically, security was, was a very important point in that time as we were moving real money. So we... Since then, we have a lot of, like, we think a lot about that and how to make like a secure service and, and how we can communicate trust even if we are a new company. And, and that's and still, I mean, that's that's part of our, our DNA and how we build uh, products, how we do things. So that was one side. The other side is that, I mean, the, the company failed because we ran out of money. We failed to, to fundraise and one very important learning that we had in that time is that it's very hard to build a B2C fintech product without enough funding. So um, that was something that uh, that we learned later and we had the opportunity to rebuild it from scratch after we closed. But, but we got more, more excited about the problems that we are facing also with um, how we were working. That was something that was was always in our ma- mind. So we, we decided to, to, to work on that. Although I, I mean, I, I personally still miss the product. Like the the product that we built was super useful for myself personally. So I, I think that's the the thing that I miss the most is the product itself uh, to use it, not really uh, building that company, but it's more like about uh, uh, using. It. Interesting. So you guys were you were users of your own product. Yeah. Yeah. That's always helped, right? Like uh, when you have the the pain that uh, from your users, that's super helpful. Definitely. Cool. Well, anything else you guys want to add about GitDuck? I mean, I think like one cool thing, it's not really super relevant, but I, as we didn't announce it anywhere else, it's a, it's a, a super nice opportunity as you invite us to, to mention the, um, like our fundraise. We have just closed our, our seed round with General Catalyst, with Notation Capital, Gradient, the, the Google is, the AI fund, Y Combinator and others. So we, we are super proud of the partners and this I think for us the way that we think about that is, is just adds help us to build this this service that can be trusted by developers and companies and right uh, and to have the support of these great people with us it's, it shows that we are that we are really serious about uh, what we are building and building a secure service to help people better collaborate and that's just the beginning that's just the early days it's uh that uh, even if, if you ask us the same questions in one year, two years from now, it's going to be completely different answers as we as we learn, as we iterate, as we grow. A lot of things are, are 
tailored to to how we do things right now, and we think a lot about this, how, how we can be very efficient with the size that we are and change as we grow and change the product as we grow, iterate, and not having like the final product right now. Right now, it's just like, but the perfect product for this exact moment. And uh, I think that's uh, it's our philosophy on, on building products and, and building the company. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been great talking. Thank you. That was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jeff.